0: Alright, welcome back uh, I'm Sean I'm Eds, And uh, we're doing some baseball uh, This has
1: been put on pause for a little while It's January 10th I think the last time we did this was, like, around January 10th. Last year. 2019. It's
0: 2020. All right, well. 2020. They say the best laid plans. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, but in all seriousness? Who says? I don't know. It's a saying. They. They. Okay. They say. They say the best laid... What is it? The best laid plans I don't are always a waste. I don't know. You're not here for that.
1: It remains to be true. Or... Uh, Is that the same? That's not the same. It doesn't matter.
0: Anyway. Uh, This is Sean and Ed's Do Baseball. Uh, We are coming to you to tell you some stories from baseball history. If you've listened to the few shows we started to do last year before we were on hiatus, uh, you will know this is a show where one of us looks up a topic, a person, or an event, or a thing that has happened in baseball history, and we tell it to the other friend. Uh, So... Today I'll be telling a story. Edzie has no idea. Yeah, hey, and we don't story. know
1: what... The, the other guy doesn't know what the story is no. at all.
0: So, that being said, uh, we took a break uh, due to some health issues, some mental health issues. Uh, we're not going to get into that, but it's always important to talk. It's important to have a network. It's important to uh, just talk.
1: Talk with your friends and people you trust about things that are bothering you, if they're bothering you, because... It can lead... It, it, yeah, in my experience, it helps a lot, so... Yes, or... Do that stuff.
0: And if you need to, get professional help as yeah, well. For sure, yeah. for, I think I think that's one thing to say. So today's story is going to uh, deal with some mental health stuff, so just FYI. But uh, for the most part, uh, we're excited to be back. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to try to do this uh, a couple uh, times a month, basically. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, uh Tune in I'm next time when Edzie tells me a story. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Sean, let's get to it. Tell me a story, man. All right. Our story begins in Beaumont, Texas, March 9th, 1950. Okay. Uh, Douglas Reagan Alt was born. Hmm. Uh, I, I know that name. You do know that name. Uh, so, the third of five children and the first son of Peter Powell Alt and Florence Genevieve Alt. His father was a middle school dropout. Uh, Peter left home at the yo- at a young age, and in 1930, the 17-year-old was living in Beaumont as a bellhop. Ten years later, a boarder a- a living in the house of his future in-laws, Peter and Florence married during the war in 1943. And a year later, they welcomed the arrival of their first child, a uh, daughter named Brenda. Baseball... Uh, was a favorite sport of Brenda, uh, Doug's older sister. Uh, So I I don't know what, what, like, not too much on his personal life at home, but either way, Brenda ended up being, like, Doug's caretaker for the most part. Okay. So she would take care of him, uh, and she'd take him to the local park a lot, and they would play catch, and she loved baseball. So she introduced it to her little brother. Okay. Uh, They played baseball all the time. So the
1: foundation was being laid.
0: The foundation was being laid, yeah. So they would play catch, as Doug got older and his love of baseball grew, Brenda challenged him. She caught his pitching. She sh- made him shag fly balls. She hit him grounders. Even at a young age, Doug had a propensity to get down on how, himself. How
1: much older is she than Doug? Uh,
0: ten years there. Living in, uh, I think she's like five years older probably. They got married in 1943. I, I didn't look up Brenda's actual birthday. Okay, but so Because it marri- just
1: seems like she – it sounds like she would be older if she's like – I Doing think, all these, like, running all these drills
0: with Doug. Well, she was born. She was the first daughter. So if she okay. was born right after. Uh, and he was born in 1950. So she's like six, five, maybe six, five, seven, times, and then yeah, yeah. Somewhere in there. Okay. Um, so uh, Brenda was his biggest supporter and would attend all his games, counsel him if he played poorly, and always remind him how talented he was. So she was awesome. So the kids attended French high school in Beaumont. Nice where Doug became the star pitcher and outfielder for the French Bluffs. In 1968, a year after his father's death from congenital heart failure, Doug graduated high school. He contained uh, mostly on a... Or he continued, he contained. He continued... <laughs> I going to uh, say. <laughs> on an athletic scholarship <laughs> yeah. uh, to Panola Community College in Carthage, Texas, 150 miles southeast of Dallas. Over the next two years, the Southpaw. The Southpaw Hurler compiled a record of 25-4 while batting over 400. Alt led the Panola Ponies to consecutive National Junior College Athletic Association World Series appearances, capturing the 1969 title for the team while garnering individual honors as the series MVP. Doug was fucking good. Nice. Doug was a fucking superstar, clearly. Yeah. Uh... Major League teams drafted him on three occasions. Uh, The Pirates in the 32nd round in 69, uh, the Padres in 1970 draft, and he was taken in the fourth round by Cleveland in 1970 as well. Apparently, one thing I didn't know is there was like a January and a June draft back in the day. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. But that was one curious thing. That that sounds confusing. Definitely going to look He got drafted three times. So he was drafted three times. He did not sign with any of those teams. Okay. In the fall of 1970, Alt transferred to Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Shifted to first base, he continued his offensive onslaught by compiling a Red Raiders career record 418 batting average. In 1972, his senior year, Alt collected a conference leading 10 home runs and led the nation with a 475 batting average to earn Southwest Conference Player of the Year and College Baseball All America team honors. So, even though he didn't sign after junior college, so he Mm -hmm. went to Texas Tech, did two years, and fucking raked. Just killed it. Yeah. Uh, In the summer, uh, the second straight season, he played for the Anchorage, Alaska Glacier Pilots uh, in the Alaskan Baseball League, which could be a story definitely we should look into. That is probably an interesting topic. Yeah. where was I? So he uh, Alaska. Yeah, they they won the National Baseball Congress Championships in 1972. So everywhere he went, he was winning, and he was doing really Do well. Do you
1: think like if he was playing there, like he was care? I'm at well. I guess if he was playing there, it probably wouldn't be that everyone from there was from Alaska. No, because I was gonna say that'd be a small pool of players how... to pick from.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. We need to look into that because that is the that's. Like, there's not even, like, there, what, there's, like, less the than a million people in The logistics Alaska. alone. Yeah, no, so I don't know how that works. Are you sure it's actually in Alaska and just not named? That's what it says. Right it's there. A, it's an important fact. It says Anchorage. I know where Anchorage is. Oh, okay. Um, I know where that is, too. Okay. It's in so Alaska. So, On... on <laughs> 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 On April eighth, nineteen seventy three, he was signed by the Rangers as a amateur oh, free agent, uh, <laughs> did, and was assigned to the club's, uh, I guess, Class A affiliate in North Carolina. Uh, all earned All Star honors by leading Gastonia, the team, uh, to first place tie in nineteen 19- in nineteen seventy four. He was promoted to Double A in the Eastern League. And he basically was playing first, a little bit of outfield as well. He finished the year with a two two sixty two average and a, like a seven forty five OPS somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was he was doing okay in Double A. Yeah. It wasn't great, but it wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't was, raking as much yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he did place among the club leaders in most offensive categories. Mm-hmm. So like RBIs and, and home okay. runs and stuff. Okay. So after starting back in AA, he eventually got promoted to in in 75, he starts in AA and then he's promoted to the Pacific League where he collects 40 hits and 25 RBIs in his first 33 games. In 1976, while playing for the Sacramento Salons, he hit 25 home runs which asterisk... Their left field was two hundred and sixty one feet. Okay. <laughs> so so I would say like a little bit more of a Manchester, New Hampshire kind of, you know. Yeah. You can't trust the, the, the left handed Blue Jays in like double A anyways. Mm-hmm. It was a short porch. It was not a big run. But he did score hundred and twelve runs and had two hundred and seventy eight total bases. Uh his aggressive attitude with the bat caused management to sit up and take notice. Uh, th- this guy ha- hits a ton. This guy hits a ton. Uh, <laughs> on September 9, 1976, Alt made his major league debut in Arlington Stadium against the Minnesota Twins. In his first at-bat, he struck out against Dave Goltz of the Minnesota Twins in the second inning. Alt later singled in the fifth off the same pitcher uh, to career- have his first career hit. On September 19th, Alt made his first appearance in the field. Thirteen days later, he collected his first Major League extra base hit, a double to right field, during a perfect 3-for-3 performance. It was his last appearance on the season. He finished his September call-up, batting 320 at-bats. So, like, he really didn't play that much. Mm -hmm. But he batted 300. But, yeah, he he did all right. So, Alt went down to play winter ball in Mexico uh, for the northwestern city of... Navajo and awaited his fate. See, there was a team fate. that was coming into the league in 1977. Oh. So all the players were worried about, you know, two teams. whether they were, well, probably, yeah, two teams. Uh, so all the players were worried about whether they'd be left off uh, the protected list on their teams.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Uh, and obviously the Blue Jays. Who's the other team? Why am uh, I gapping Seattle. Them? Seattle. Blue Jays and the Mariners are coming into the league. So, there's going to be an expansion draft. Uh, to make things worse, not worse, definitely, but just a bit more precarious. So, the first baseman at the time was uh, Mike Mark, sorry, Mike Hargrove, who you would know, uh, anyways, from his career. and He managed for a long time, too. Okay. Uh, so, he was entrenched at first base, and they had a lot of young outfielders. So, he was pretty sure he might get picked up in the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, a new expansion team, uh, drafted him taking him, f- uh, drafted him on November 5th, 1976. Uh, the Blue Jays chose him with their 32nd pick of the draft, so that's not good That's not very good, yeah. Uh, but he is chosen, so he's officially with the Blue Jays organization. Uh, his selection hardly guaranteed him a starting job, let alone a job on the big league team. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the Jays had also acquired Ron Fairley from the Oakland Athletics on February 24th, 1977, before spring trading. So his chances appeared even dimmer. Uh, Even so, Alt saw it as an opportunity. dark for Doug. No, I mean, you'll see. He he wasn't discouraged. Doug was always cheerful. Doug was always happy. He was always positive. that
1: attitude from his sister.
0: Yeah. Uh, He even relished the opportunity to forge a new identity with his team. The odds are against me. I love it, he said to a reporter at spring training. To me, it's better if you have to compete for a job. Or to win a job. Uh, Alt, at the time, had six other players competing for the starting first base role. His odds were not good, but Alt played well in spring training, turning heads, and with three home runs in three days, secured himself the starting role. Oh, nice one, Dougie. Yeah. On April 7th, 1977, Doug Alt would become a Toronto Blue Jay legend. Mm. on that day snow showers and near freezing temperatures my grandpa were there that is fantastic because there's some awesome stuff that's about to come up (laughs) okay i'm gonna ask them about this uh freezing temperatures tampered excitement uh on opening day (laughs) on, on opening day the game almost didn't even happen the weather, as well as issues with the parking and too few entry gates, caused chaos and the game had to be delayed almost an hour. Fans were excited to be there, but unhappy the Jays were not selling beer yet. Oh. Apparently, the Blue Jays didn't sell beer until 1978. A whole season? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so, I, fans... mean, I
1: wouldn't really care that much, but fuck
0: well and now so people are streaming in. they're already pissed off because it's snowing in April Mm -hmm. they get there and there's not enough parking for everybody so parking's fucking nuts they try to get in but there's like you know only a few gates and there's 50,000 people showing up for this game Mm -hmm. 44,500 and something anyways so it's going nuts and they get inside and you know they didn't know they weren't selling beer some of them didn't know they weren't selling beer right because the other ones came prepared (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) Okay,
1: <laughs> so, this is where it gets interesting. So
0: before the game even started, a chant of "We want beer" could be here could be heard echoing throughout the stadium.
1: I wonder if the old man brought beer.
0: Still, many came prepared with flasks and bottles of hard liquor tucked into underneath many layers of clothing that everybody was bundled up with that day. A lot of hard liquor was consumed in Exhibition Stadium that first year, enough that Paul Beeston once said they would fill a ton of bins just with liquor bottles after every game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so ask your Fine. dad and grandpa about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once the game finally got underway, in the bottom of the first, when the Jays were already down 2 nothing, the rabid and semi-drunk fan base were unhappy to see the Blue Jays' first batters who could barely grip their bats strike out booze Son rained down bitch booze rained down and the the frigid fans somewhat you're not
1: helping with Toronto's alcohol reputation oh man. we have a yeah it's it began clearly on the first fucking day
0: I'm 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 sure it goes well deeper. I just love that, like the people that didn't know were just like, okay, well, I'll bring a fucking two six with me. And we'll just drink that straight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the seventies. Yeah. Um, okay. We did that in high school. Yeah, well. Um, so the rabid Sammy drunk fans were unhappy to see the Blue Jays' first two guys struck out. Rain's boot rain booze rained down. It was snowing still slightly. As the Frigid fans, somewhat unfamiliar with the game, anguished for some action. It was
1: snowing booze.
0: <laughs> they were drunk, angry, you struck out in the t- first two batter boos, but it was like zero, basically, that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alt steps in, he's batting third, uh, and on an 0-2 pitch, Alt made franchise history by hitting the Blue Jays' first ever home run. He hit it off Ken Brett of the Chicago White Sox. He was the left-hander. Uh, Alt crushed it. Like, he fucking... Just boom. Like you Hit watch the you link. watch the replay and you're just like, Hell yeah. That's gone. Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll put a link wherever we end up putting this yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so he he crushed it. So everybody was everybody was stoked. Uh, yeah, all the freezing fans jumped to their feet with cheers and applause as they watched the ball sail over the left center field fence. With all the chaos and ill prepared stadium, fans finally had something to cheer about. But Alt was not done. He homered again in his next fucking at bat. Fucking Doug, he did it. He was the first guy that Toronto baseball fans were just like, this guy's gonna be great. Yeah. He's gonna be. Gr-. He was. He was the Brett Laurie of 1977. Um, so he crushed another ball. Uh, ho- homered again in the third inning. It was a two-run shot this time, and he tied the score at four-four. The Blue Jays went on to win nine to five and the, Doug Alt was the Blue Jays' first ever hero. Some thought perhaps because of his p- experience playing in Alaska, Alt and the frigid, condi- <laughs> or the frigid conditions just didn't bother him that much, and that was what his super... When asked about it later, D- Alt would say he might have hit 50 home runs that year if it had just snowed every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also hit a double in that game, too. I don't know why I left that out. but So, so he was like 3 for 4, 3 for 5 with... Like two three, ding-dongs. Two ding-dongs and a, and a bunch of RBIs. a boy. Uh, so at the time, Alts' feet tied a major league record for most home runs in an opening day. Since then, George Bell, uh, also with the Blue Jays, hit three home runs on opening day in 1988. Tuffy Rhodes matched the feet in 94, and Dimitri Young did it in 2005. Dimitri Young. That is a name. Mm-hmm. That I have not
1: thought. Tuffy Rhodes is also a name. Yeah, planned.
0: seriously.
1: Yeah, I was... <laughs> <laughs> you skipped Tuffy Rhodes and went for I just Dimitri, meant Dimitri Young. Young. I, I remember Dimitri Young. I also remember Dimitri Young, but I thought you were just commenting on like the name, yeah, the, no, the no. phonetics of the name. It's Tuffy like...
0: Rhodes. Tuffy Rhodes made that. Uh, <laughs> Alt did not stop his heroics on opening day. He played the hero several more times that April. Six days later, he hit a key home run for the Jays in a come-from-behind win over the Tigers. Then five days later, scored the winning run against the Yankees. He followed that up with a 3-for-3 three three game where he scored three runs and another Blue Jays win over the Yankees. He finished his historic April among the AL leaders with a three forty two average and a 1.011 OPS, or 1.011 OPS in 76 at-bats. It's not a lot of it at-bats since the season started on April 7th or right, whatever. Right, right. But, but still. But Still. Uh, within a week Superstar. of that momentous first game, he had an unofficial, uh, unauthorized fan club out in the bleachers at Exhibition Stadium, a group mainly consisting of teenage girls, and he would often stand by the fence and sign autographs for them and everybody because he was just a fucking dude. He would just—he was a nice guy, signing autographs. Uh, Blue Jays fans just loved him. They loved him. They thought he was the best... Toronto's Golden Hero, and this is just amazing because I want to know more about this, but I couldn't find it. He driving around town in a car with his name written on it, <laughs> like so. I want to know,
1: <laughs> like on the plate or yeah, like yeah,
0: exactly. Like like, uh, is it a license plate or is, or is, it, is it literally say Doug Alls <laughs> on the side of his Cadillac? And did someone give him this car or did is it, he just was it a Cadillac? I don't, it's just exactly. a nice car. I don't know exactly. I don't. It, who knows if it was a nice car? He made $19,000 that year, which in That's 1977 true. was okay. But, like, anyways, but he he had a car with his name on it. Probably he, Grand National. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to know whether he just, like, took, like, tape and, like, spelled his name on the side, or if someone
1: was just like, hey, Doug, i No, I imagine he got, like, a legit paint job. It's probably punctuated by planets.
0: All right, well, it's our new goal in life to find that <laughs>
1: find Doug Alt's old car.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's ex- a Chrysler LeBaron. Or at least a picture of I don't know. Uh, but Alt was less taken with his own good qualities. His propensity to get down on himself was exaggerated by the fame he was suddenly surrounded by. All the expectations of greatness suddenly, you know, they can weigh on you. Mm-hmm. Uh good times would not last. He played every inning of the Blue Jays first thirty six games before a sprained left hand and Yeah, before a sprained left hand and an over fourteen skid put him on the bench. In June he committed five errors in a four game span. Ooh. Yeah, that's like E six style. Yeah. Uh <laughs> E4. E5. E5. Why am I like this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, yeah, Edwin. I'm like, E6. And keep... I was like, imagine you Edwin need... Incarnation at shortstop. Yeah. <laughs> or second base. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
1: man. I'm. A, I'm you a, need to keep score more.
0: I know. It's like I'm reading and I'm improvising. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a little rusty. I'm yeah. a little rusty. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, five errors. Five, five errors. errors. Yeah. Where are we here? I have five errors. He had five errors, I know. Yeah. So yeah, and he finished near the league lead with sixteen errors at first base. The miscues combined with a drop in his power numbers prompted manager Roy Hartsfield to turn it increasingly to other players in the second half of the season, including veteran Doug Rader, whom the Blue Jays acquired on june eighth. Alt finished among the league lead or the team leaders with hundred and nine hits, twenty two doubles, eleven home runs. And 64 RBIs, a record that would stand for 25 years. Who broke it? How many? 25 years.
1: Delgado? No. 25 years? That
0: would be what? Like 2002, I, mean, I think. 2002? I think. 2002? Yeah. Wells? No. Think of more flash in the pan. Hinsky? Uh-huh. What? Eric- yeah, exactly. Eric Hinsky. So, Delgado oh, had 64 what? RBIs for a rookie. Was a record for twenty five years until Eric oh, okay. as a
1: rookie. Okay. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So basically, he had a two forty six batting average and a six ninety two OPS. Not that that really mattered back then. But either way, the two forty six batting average was okay. It wasn't enough to get real down on him, especially on an expansion team that only mm-hmm. won fifty five games. Mm-hmm. But enough that you know uh, there wasn't as much faith as uh, in the in, in time. the first. Yeah. 30 games or 30 days. So in the fall of 1977, rumors surfaced that Alt may be replaced for good. That offseason, the Jays acquired two first basemen, veteran Tom Hutton, followed by slugger John Mayberry. 50 games into the new season, Alt had gotten just eight starting assignments, and only one of them was at first base. The club also experimented with him in the outfield, so he was he was being moved around, and uh, he still wasn't doing that good with the plate, so... It's not good. We've seen we've seen that before, you know, mm-hmm. when guys are like cusp guys and then they can't get regular playing time, shit happens. Yeah. Um he was seemingly the forgotten man on the bench. He made only 54 appearances and collected just 104 at-bats for the season. In November, he was assigned to the Syracuse Chiefs in Triple-A in the International League. So, he's been demoted. Ever since the days of playing catch with his sister Brenda, he had been a fantastic baseball player even if sometimes he was reluctant to believe it. He had given tens of thousands of fans the best day of their lives, but it wasn't enough. It could never be enough. The more he failed, the more pressure he put on himself, which only caused the cycle of failure to progress. The demotion to AAA was a huge blow to him. It's been a tough year for me, he told reporters. I'd never been on the bench before, and I let it bother me. It took me just too long, or it took me a long time to adjust. Alt had... Alt always had a glow to him. He was still cheerful. He had a smile on his face. He loved the game and was more open-minded than most players. In 1978, uh, when the Supreme Court ordered that women be allowed into the dressing room, Doug's response when asked about the situation was only to say, I've met a few women reporters, sports reporters, in my time, and they were all damn good. Mm -hmm. So... He was uh, very. He wasn't Open-minded. chauvinistic. Yeah, obviously. Uh, uh, Open-minded at that time. Yeah, in 1979, Alt got married to his first wife, Julie. He hoped to bring happiness and good vibes to spring training with the Chiefs. He was certain that he would be. He would be able to make the major league team again. He'd just have to stop pressing. He'd just have to stop letting the disappointment get to him. Things did not go as planned except for a near team leading 12 home runs, he struggled through much in 1979. In June he spoke to reporters the worst thing you can do is press and that's what I started doing here. I got to the point where I couldn't have hit myself with my own bat, much less the baseball. <laughs> he carried an average of 225 through July and that included a miserable over 19 run. What he had What he had been able to do for years and what had brought him so much joy, fame, and success now was his greatest anguish. He went to Venezuela for winter ball and put up good numbers, but midway through the winter season, he got called back to his home in Texas. His sister Brenda, who had introduced him to the game, coached him and supported him, was now gravely ill. He returned home and looked after his family and prepared to try to get back to the big league squad. Um, so I, I, it's also a note that his wife's grandmother or grandfather was also sick at this time, too. Mm-hmm. So he, had, he was doing great he was just, in Venezuela. but he,
1: Yeah, and had a bunch of stressors back home. Yeah, up.
0: he had to come home and take care of everything there, which uh, all the best. He, he was working construction, too, because like, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So he came back home, took a construction job in the offseason. Right. Uh, with God's help, I'll get back here. Oh, I'll get back there, he told reporters. <laughs> then spoke down on himself. I really blew it mentally, but I'll be there. I'll come as many as uh, I'll come as many years as they'll bring me, as they bring me. Yeah, well, either way. Um, <laughs> but he's he's not giving up. He's yeah. like, fuck it, I'm good. And, and yeah. There's lots of guys in front of me, but I'm gonna keep showing up. Finally, in 1980, things started to look up on the diamond. All that 10 homers and 51 RBIs in just 53 games. And in June, at the age of thirty, Alt made it back to Toronto after outfielder Bob Baylor suffered a broken wrist on a pitch on a pitch ball in an exhibition game against the Chiefs. Which is like, do you remember when that used to happen when the the big league squad would like play like the AAA squad? I do not remember that. And I thought I, I I don't know how long they did that for, but I think they did that like into the nineties, where you'd be like, who are they playing tonight? And you're like, Syracuse? Like that's weird. Like during the season? Yeah. What? Yeah, I don't know. I are going to look that up. Miss from, but this definitely happened. They played them in June, 1977. Okay. Or, sorry, it 1980. It right there on mm-hmm. the notes. So
1: That's weird as fuck.
0: Yeah. Bob Baylor breaks his wrist. Uh, so there's a spat of... probably a- why they stopped. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe There's a spat of other injuries as well. Uh, fuck and me. Doug gets back to the big leagues. Uh, okay. Doug's back on this the Jays. Doug's big break. Yeah.
1: Uh baylor's big break also apparently
0: yeah well through eight games he hit 308 not much power but he hit 308 Mm -hmm. it was just like fuck yeah doug alt's back uh from there things regressed july 1st till the end of the year he batted just 174 with just three home runs three doubles and all three home runs came in the same came in in a span of five at bats in august oh so like a little he, flash there. A little flash then. in the pan. It was against, it was a series against Cleveland, too, and they lost, like, every game in the series. But he hit, like... But Doug Alt hit three home runs. He did. Ooh, excuse me. So... You were excuse. Yeah, uh, all right. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> no, no, that's Stan. All right. Um, so, uh, he did pretty shit. Uh, the rising star of the Blue Jays fans thought they had on that fateful freezing day back in April three years earlier was now to be written off. In what was to be his final major league game he pinch hit in the fourth inning against the Boston Red Sox in Fenway Park, drawing a walk. Later, he stayed in the game. He had three played appearances and was one for t- or 0 for 2 with a strikeout. The Blue Jays released alt at the end of the 1980 season. Instead of returning to the miners, Alt took his career to Japan where he had some success with the Hashin Tigers in the Central Japan League. Mm-hmm. But he was not happy there and thought the players' treatment uh, was not good and that everything was extremely negative there and too workmen like not even workmen like it just sounded like abusive. Mm-hmm. So he he claimed the ma- shitty. he claimed the manager would often explode on players for making an error and run onto the field and pull them off to substitute them. <laughs> It never happened to him, but he saw it happen to mm-hmm. other players, right? Uh, he spent another season in the Mexican League, where he led a mutiny against the manager of the Mexico City Tigers. <laughs> so, Doug's leading the revolution yeah, against yeah, it, his coach or Claire, his manager, it's, and he just yeah. I wasn't I wasn't able to find too much on it. Like obviously I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I searched it a few times. Like the you know Doug Alt in the Mexico Doug City mutiny. Yeah, like it, it. There was obviously the article I was using for research here or the couple articles i was using for research here was it was on there but beyond that it was like really hard to find any more details Mm -hmm. but just sounded like the guy was an asshole they were just like fuck you like we're not playing for you so Mm -hmm. we're not playing unless this guy gets fired yeah um in 1982 he returned to the blue jays triple a affiliate the syracuse chiefs this time as a player coach the latter ushered in his new career he played in only 50 games, his last as a professional, but took a shine to his new role managing the game and the young players. In the winter of '82 and '83, nice. Alt served as coach for the Toronto Blue Jays in Florida's Instructional League, which he led to a coaching job, which led to a coaching job in the Carolina League, Class A, where one of his first pupils was a young 18-year-old first baseman named. Fred McGriff. Okay. There we go. Uh, the Blue Jays promoted Alt to manager following the, the night. Uh, yeah, so he got promoted to A or man No, no, no. So he was just a coach. Sorry. I'm getting mixed up. He was just a coach in the single A league, but they fired the manager, uh, Ron Clark, on August 13th, 1983, and Alt turned the club into a contender. He nice. took over uh, in 1985. He was advanced to Triple A Syracuse, where he led the Chiefs to a first place finish and garnered International League's Manager of the Year honors. Nice one, Doug. Yes. So Doug's transition—he's having, su- having success. Yeah, exactly, he's, wherever he's going. So there's a problem, though.
1: I I was worried there was going to be a problem.
0: So you remember the 1985 toronto blue jays which you don't because you're not alive i was not alive but i know you know about them them. you know of them they Uh, won they won the division do you remember who their manager was was it bobby cox it was bobby cox okay um so Alt did great Mm -hmm. in triple a managing led the team to a championship but obviously there was not a need for him at the major league level, no, because Bobby Cox was yes really good, and they had just won the yeah the East yeah. Um, so uh, Alt could relate to many of his players in AAA, the ones who had been demoted where he had been before, obviously, mm-hmm. and the ones who were getting results but blocked by a stacked MLB roster, which was the nineteen eighty five Toronto right. Blue Jays. Right, Um, So one of Alt's players. That he worked with on the team included a frustrated but incredibly talented young reliever by the name of Tom Hankey, the Terminator. Yeah, who almost was ready to leave the Blue Jays organization entirely. Apparently, oh yeah. So, hero behind the scenes, Doug Alt. Yeah. Oh fucking right, Doug. Exactly. Alt would never make it back to the big leagues after a far less successful season or two in Triple A. He was demoted back to class A. We felt he was stronger with a younger group of players, explained future Toronto GM Gordash. Alt was not happy with the demotion in nineteen eighty eight. If the Blue Jays ever had They in-
1: demoted him like
0: from the being the triple A. Yeah, guy. He, he won triple A coach of the year in eighty five, and yeah. then eighty six and eighty seven wasn't the best. Oh, Okay. So I mean... So they sent him to- They sent him back yeah, down. Yeah, to, they, Gordash, and Gordash was like, well, we felt they'd be stronger with the young guys. And Alt was like, well, I thought you could suck my balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's upset. Yeah. Alt was not happy. Uh, if the Blue Jays had any inklings of advancing him to the parent club, they were likely smothered by continuing accounts of Alt's substance abuse, which apparently began around 1990. So shit's not going good. It's no. going he once again rose up and then, you know, so, him waves here. Yeah. So, um the same year that it, so there's accounts that he's starting to get into shit. It's like 1990 and his wife and him divorce. Uh, uh he remained with the organization through 1994. In fact, he got sent to Australia. He coached the Blue Jays affiliate in Australia. Isn't an Australian yeah. affiliate? Yeah. And I don't think, like, I don't mean to make to <laughs> but I mean, if somebody's had substance abuse problems, <laughs> you just send them to Australia, like, that. That's not a good look for the club, nor do I think it helps the person. No, Unless he requested it. But, like, he broke up with his wife, and then the Blue Jays were like, you want to keep coaching? We got a job in Australia for mm-hmm. you. So that's definitely – he's going lower and lower down the ladder.
1: Uh, I'm going to read more about this affiliate in Australia.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's also a good point. There's lots of – there's still baseball in Australia. I don't think no, it's I affiliated. baseball, I know, obviously. But- um, so in Australia, too, he apparently like was fined uh for like he kept his team off the field. There was some incident where like he said it was too muddy and too shitty, and he just was like, No, screw it, and the blue Jays like weren't happy with him. I think they like ended up fining him or something too mm-hmm. but either way, he went to australia um and he remained in the organization through ninety four um and then they cut ties uh but he he was dug out he was the guy that hit the first home run, yeah, he was and the And the second home, yeah, he was. He was still. He loved the Blue Jays and he loved the fans. I don't care if they came in and beat me with a club. I'd never say anything bad about them. Alt said, "I felt
1: it was time. even if they came in and beat you with a club, <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like I would probably say something bad about the beating with the club." Yeah, but you didn't get famous by. Yeah,
0: I mean, like anyways. I know, but even after all that, okay, I felt it was time for a change, and they thought so too. He spent his final season managing in the Independent North League before retiring from baseball. Alt moved to Clearwater, Florida, to be closer to the Blue Jays' spring training site. He's still fucking... He's still into it. He's still into it, but... Do you have to buy a ticket? Who knows? I have a ticket. He found work as a car... It's me. He found work as a car salesman. He was a regular at Blue Jays alumni events, spring training games, and charity fundraisers. Whenever he was interviewed, he always spoke positively about the Jays and their fans, reminiscing about the good times, and that one cold, bitter day. Bitterly cold day, back in 1977 when he became the organization's first hero. Even if it was, wasn't was meant to last, standing in the outfield in a blizzard amid 46,000 freezing fans, he said in 2001, I thought... Th- I thought these have to be the best fans in baseball. In 2000, Alt married Lynn Mary Davidson, and the newlyweds moved into her Tarpon Springs, Florida home. An obstetrician, Davidson evidently had her own challenges with substance abuse. In 2001, the state of Florida suspended her medical license, and a year later permanently revoked it for violations regarding patient safety. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Florida's telling you that <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was, it was around this period all all struggles intensified. noted for his outstanding good looks, the fifty year old aged precipitously and appeared in at, and appeared to be at least like ten years older. He went out to California where his brother. Uh, with a former all-star hurler, Sam McDowell, and Blue Jays organization helped him connect with baseball team assist- assistant, baseball assistance teams, otherwise known as BAT, the charitable organization established by MLB and the Players Association to assist troubled former players. Alt That's re- good.
1: Tried to get him in there.
0: Alt returned uh, to Florida in 2001 and again in 2002. He learned of the deaths of his elder siblings. And this is where I got a little bit confused, because, like, he returned, and Brenda was, like, very ill. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, I guess she didn't die until now. So, uh, mm-hmm. Brenda, so he learned of the deaths of his elder siblings, so he was the third child, so his two older sisters died. Yeah. Uh, including Brenda, who would guide him so much and helped him through all his personal struggles. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it would be devastating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, racked with his own struggles and uh, grieving, obviously, mm. uh, Alt chose not to attend either funeral, a decision that alienated him from his family. But the harshest blow came in June 29, 2004, when his first wife and long, long, lifelong confidant also died. Shortly after her death, Alt left his job at Clearwater Car Dealership. On December twenty three months removed from his 55th birthday, he wrote a note to his second wife. My mind is really messed up. I'm so sorry, but I felt like I had no choice. Alt went out to his driveway, got in his car, and with a single gunshot or a single shot from a handgun, took his own life. The dark end um, to Alt's days uh, stands in contrast to the shining way his career began. Friends recalled a bright, usually smiling first baseman. Whose otherwise uneventful major league career was defined by the first by the first two at bats he took for the Toronto franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, I want to say, yeah, a lot of that's the story of Doug Alt. That
1: sucks. I I didn't know that. Like I didn't know that about like the end of like Doug Alt's life. Fuck man.
0: And neither did I. Um, so here's the thing. I came across this article. I was reading um, a bunch of. A bunch of stuff from uh, ESPN, and there was... I, I don't even know who it was. Just a random one of those best-of-the-decade lists. Mm-hmm. And so this this uh, piece from uh, Rachel McDaniels, uh, she wrote for Baseball Prospectus, um, is titled, Doug Alt and the Triumph of Joy. And like, holy fuck, like you gotta read this. Like, it is... Okay. It is like... It was a... You know, I took a lot of information from it for this I also took a lot of information from a lot of different sources for this to, mm-hmm. to, but but, like oh my goodness like a piece of writing that just like it was tough to read but also just amazing 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 mm-hmm. amazing writing so uh, to finish it off uh, I have an expert th- an excerpt uh, from the piece so this is what she wrote and I strongly go to baseball pr- prospectus Rachel McDaniels uh Read this piece, Doug Alt, and the Triumph of Joy. So she wrote, There's a real strange thing that the public does when they think about suicide victims. I think it's kind of a lack of understanding of what's le- what life is like when you feel like the only right choice is to stop being alive. People act like there was a time when it was easy. And then all of a sudden, it's too- it was hard. It was too hard to handle. Sliding from the top of the mountain to the bottom until you hit the ground. Thud. The end. How tragic. People don't realize that the tragedy of suicide is not the tragedy of descent. The, the ending is tragic, but the life is not. The life, however long it was, is a shining document of victory. Every day lived, every day lived a marvelous, impossible transcendence of hope over despair. I read Doug Alt's interviews, every single one of them, that I could find dozens upon dozens every word he said about how he felt like a failure how he got down on himself was achingly familiar i marveled at how he was able to achieve what all he did because i put myself into a coma at 17 having done absolutely nothing i and i only survived due to sheer luck alt knew the darkness and he lived to age 54 he had become one of the best people uh, in the world at his chosen skill he had helped hundreds of other ma- others master it. He was a kind, easygoing person. He loved his family, and he loved baseball. Doug Alt's life was not a tragedy. It was not a rise and fall. It was a life in which joy triumphed day after day until one day that it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, everybody... I don't
1: even know what to say to that man.
0: It's, like, it's amazing writing and everybody yeah. should read it. And so reading that article was what made me look up the rest of the facts on, on Doug Alt's life and mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's fantastic. Uh there's yeah. But the Blue Jays first hero, Doug Alt. Two home runs and his first two at bats and fucking kept the Terminator around. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, I'm Sean. I'm Eds, and uh, we were doing some baseball. Tune in next time.
1: Okay, bye.